0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. This is the first podcast for counsellors that just don't align with the traditional approaches to business and that want to use their spiritual gifts, talents and interests to create, you guessed it, a private practice with soul. So look, leave it to me to provide you with everything you need, including strategies that you can use to increase your income, reduce your workload and of course increase inquiry and referrals to your beautiful soul-led private practice. I love it so much. If you haven't done it already, grab your journal, grab your pen, and let's begin. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Brooklyn. So pleased to be here, although it is flipping freezing this morning i woke up and i looked outside i opened i came into my study because you know the desk faces the window now which is like really cool and i feel like snow white like i'm connected to nature it's bliss um but i opened up my curtains and i couldn't see anything it was, the fog was that thick and i thought oh that's why we're so cold but it's all good i've got a cup of hot water with some lemon in it here since i've given up coffee i gave up coffee when i was sick and i don't know i just i can't even look at coffee at the moment i Probably go back to at some point, but not now. And gabe is here with me. He's in his bed in front of the heater, all snuggled up, staying nice and warm. Because oh, he's little arthritis. Oh, he's feeling a bit stiff this morning. So he's needed lots of extra love, and I might give him a little bit of Reiki um, after we do this podcast episode. So. We are going to talk about something really powerful that's going to help you with your private practice. I'm calling it Taste the Ice Cream, and you'll understand why soon. But you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, please go and get your podcast journal and your pen because you will want to take some notes because what I'm going to share with you is actually really helpful and it's also really effective. So while you go and do that, and I know you can't do that while you're driving, but While you go and do that, I will just keep everyone else entertained for a minute with what's going on in the groups. So um, I just wanted to share with you something I wrote in the Counsellors Connect Australia group this morning. So I was awake last night because of the rain and I was thinking to myself, hmm, what do I want to um, do here? What do I want to talk about here? And what came through was this I don't know, it's like we've got membership bodies, say ACA and PACFA, and when you look at their membership levels, one of the ways or one of the um, components of you moving up the levels is with your education. And that really got to me because I know, and I know many of you also know this, but what bothered me about it was, you know, level of education in counselling has very little to do with how effective you are as a counsellor. And then the more I looked at it, the more interesting it became because I also saw that, um, you know, there's language now creeping in to some of the membership bodies. Like I think it is PACFA. Um, They have what's called a clinical membership. Now, I'm not sure, you know, well, that's not true, is it? Well, I guess what I can say is I feel like, and it's only my opinion, but I feel like some of our member bodies in in counselling are trying to appropriate a model of membership from psychology and the problem with that is it's misguided because counsellors are not psychologists there is no point and it doesn't make any sense to try and use a membership model that works in one community and putting it over in a very different community because the reality is we are different it makes sense uh, in membership bodies like APS like the Australian Psychological Society or AAPI you know that's the other one that's since emerged in psychology it makes sense for them to have membership levels based on education because of the work that they do so psychologists are responsible for doing things like assessments diagnosing writing up the reports interpreting raw data from you know assessments disseminating that All those kinds of things and that requires a high level of skill and so yes it makes sense that education is part of the pathway for psychologists to move through um, different levels of membership if you like. But it's not the same in our world in counselling because we don't do any of that stuff. So it doesn't really make sense. So um, that got me sort of feeling a bit like protective. And I really wanted to write something that was going to, I guess, speak to counsellors. But I wanted it to be written in a non-emotional way that would really resonate, but also empower them. And so what I wrote was this, and I just shared it about half an hour ago. It's only short. I'll read it out to you. And I posted it in my group, Counselors Connect Australia. So it's called A Message for Diploma Qualified Counselors. And it goes like this, in the midst of evolving trends within the Australian counselling community, it's crucial to acknowledge the unique and essential role played by counsellors in our mental health care system. Recent shifts in membership models of peak bodies have left some feeling marginalised, particularly diploma qualified counsellors who have found themselves with diminished avenues for support and recognition. These changes mirror the hierarchy often found in psychology organisations, which might not necessarily apply to counselling counseling is not a mirror image of psychology our work does not focus on diagnosing and treating but rather facilitating personal and interpersonal understanding throughout the lifespan we work on building therapeutic alliances not issuing diagnoses research has consistently shown that the strength of the therapeutic relationship the bond or the connection between the therapist and the client is a significant determinant of Therapy outcomes. In fact, the the American Psychological Association in 2019 highlights that in nearly all cases examined, this bond is as or more effective than the brand of treatment itself. Henry in 1998 further emphasised that the lion's share of outcome variance beyond client characteristics revolves around individual therapist differences and the therapeutic relationship, irrespective of the technique. Or of the therapy school. Moreover, the American Psychological Society underscores that the therapy relationship contributes substantially and consistently to psychotherapy outcomes independent of the treatment used. Now, this is really, really important, and I want you to take this away. This is saying it's not about your education, it's about your ability to sit there and hold the space and be real and create a a relationship with somebody that's what counselors do that's what your gift is it doesn't matter if you're diploma qualified or if you've got a phd it's very different to psychology. In psychology, you need to have master's degrees and extra supervision in order to do the, the job of being a psychologist, which is things like, and it's not only these, but things like assessments and diagnosis and report writing. But it's not the same for us, right? For us, we know education has nothing to do, if anything, to do with the quality of the outcome with the value of the service so hopefully you would think that the two peak membership bodies would understand and know this and be creating a model of membership that was not in you know recognizing level of education as meaning well you must be better so you can go higher up it's nothing to do with that in our profession our profession is is Um, all about as I said relationship building and the outcomes coming from those therapeutic relationships it's not it's not saying well if you've got a bachelor's you can be upper level and you might have access to all these other rebates because you must be better that's false that is false that is false and I fear that when we've got two membership bodies here that is sort of saying, you know, well, you got to have, or, or maybe it's not packed for I don't know, but I'll check. But I know it's ACA. When you when you go down that pathway in counselling of saying you must be better at counselling because you've got a master's, it's false. It's it's just not true. There is no data to support that in counselling. Higher levels of education mean that you're a better counsellor. Mean that you get better outcomes. There is no evidence to support that idea. So why on earth are we using a model from another profession that's got nothing to do with us and and we're trying to put ourselves as square pegs in their round holes? It doesn't work. And what happens is it feeds things like imposter syndrome because now we've got counsellors who are very good at their jobs, who've got years of experience now being told, well, you're not good enough because of your level of education that is false of course you're good enough and there's nothing in the the counseling um, industries literature that supports you're better at counseling if you've got a higher degree of qualifications so I think you have every right to be able to question with peak bodies what was the reasoning And you can do it nicely, you don't have to be horrible about it, and you don't have to be aggressive or anything like that, but you can be curious, right? There's nothing stopping you from, if you are a paid up member, there's nothing stopping you from asking questions and saying, I'm curious, like, what was this based on? Where, where did you get this model from? H- how is this working? And what's the scope for us? Can we scrap this model? Well, not that that's ever going to happen, but I mean, can we dismantle it and maybe rebuild it to something that's just ours? Why do we always have to be appropriating or misappropriating things from psychology? Counselors are not psychologists, and counselors will be the first ones to tell you that, yet we've got organizations here that are now using words like clinical, and over in the ACA they were talking about You know the science, and this worries me because it's like we're trying to, well, not we, but it's like some leaders in our community are trying to steer our ship towards the science and and the clinical and all of this sort of stuff. And it feels like this is what they think is required in order to get onto Medicare. And I you know it doesn't sit right it do, it just doesn't sit right and it's certainly not representative of what all members want so I would be really interested in you know unpacking if we did have a, a membership that wasn't you know using some other professions model of membership what could it look like like if we took that education component off the table and we still wanted to have a membership. What would that look like then? Would we even have levels? Or would it just be, you know what, when you come in and you join, we're all on the same level. You know, I think membership is important because it gives you a sense of community and belonging. It gives you accountability. It gives you a code of ethics. It gives you a code of conduct to work by. It gives you guidelines and all those kinds of things. But Um, memberships alone don't make you a better counsellor and education doesn't make you a better counsellor. So to continue, um, this underlines a crucial truth that all counsellors should take to heart and I want you to take this to heart. Please, your worth and your effectiveness are not solely tied to your level of formal education or membership status with the peak body. They're just not. The therapeutic relationships that you cultivate with your clients is a potent and essential force in their healing journey. So to all our Diploma Qualified Counsellors, I want you to know, please, and believe me when I say your work is incredibly value, valuable and effective, I want you to continue to stand tall in your role as a counsellor. Despite the trends and changes in the profession, please remember that your impact is felt deeply by those that work with you and your contributions to their well-being is profound. So let's continue to advocate for the recognition and respect our profession deserves and remind everyone of the power and importance of the therapeutic relationship in mental health care because it is so important, right? So, anywho, um I just wanted to share that because I'm aware that there are there are a number of diploma qualified counselors that are feeling displaced and disenfranchised at the moment because of the education so that's why I'm saying this for you today your education does not make you a better or more valuable counselor okay and hey look at me look at me I've got a PhD and I'm not even a people person you know like I'm autistic I have issues with like creating friendships i'm not great at keeping conversations going you know da, 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 um i'm okay i was okay in a psychology role working with my clients yes um because i was doing the diagnosis and the treatment and the manualized approach and this and that but you know working in a counseling space is very different um, it's not so cut and dry. It's not so cookbook. It's not so you've got to do this and then do that and then do this and then do that in order to get this response or this outcome. Counseling is, a, is about the relationships, right? So you can have people like me who have a PhD who aren't that great with relationships, but I would get told, oh, hey, you're amazing. You should be on our top level in the membership body. But there are people that I know that don't have a PhD, that do have a diploma and they've got years of experience and they're fantastic at building relationships. They're amazing at it and they do an amazing job. They're heaps better than me, right? Your education has nothing to do, counsellors, with the work that you do. So please... I know it's hard for you to, to believe it because of what's happening, but this is the this is the truth. And you watch, the pendulum's going to swing back sooner or later. It, it will have to. Um, okay, now let's get on to the juicy part of today, right? Which was the bit that I'm calling, taste the ice cream. <laughs> and the reason that I want to share this with you is because I heard it recently, um, recently meaning the last couple of months, and um it just it never went away it was just something that resonated with me so deeply and I thought yeah I've got to share this with you um, and relate it to private practice so what it is is I want to talk with you about how to you know create success in your private practice and why you might be feeling like you're doing all the things but you're not seeing the results yet now I can't take credit for this because it's not mine I can't remember where I heard it but When I do remember, I will come in and I'll pop the reference in the show notes for you. Um, So they were saying, you know, the reason that you're not achieving your goals with your, um, well, I'm going to say private practice, the reason you're not achieving your goals with your private practice is nothing to do with things like, you know, your motivation, for example. In fact, motivation has very little to do with it. Like if you think about the lion in the desert you know sees a zebra over there the lion's not thinking to himself oh gosh I wish I had the energy to get up and go and get that zebra oh gosh I've got to motivate myself so I can get up and go and get that zebra I just can't be bothered or oh, he's not thinking that right he sees a zebra and he springs to action he like he gets up and goes doesn't even think about it not even a thing. A bird. A bird sitting in the tree is not, you know, looking down on the ground below, looking at the lawn and spying a worm, you know, that she really wants to eat. She's not sitting there on the tree branch going, jeez, I wish I could get the motivation up to go and get that worm. Can't be bothered. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I wish I had the energy to flap my wings, but I just don't. Like, she's not thinking that. She sees the worm. And she goes for it, right? She gets it. So there's a thing around, um, you know, what makes it easy for you to get results in your business and what doesn't. And here's the thing. When you think about, you know, getting an outcome, so maybe you say to yourself, I really want to be fully booked by the end of June. Let's say you do that. You're going to be thinking to yourself, okay, how do I reverse engineer this? Like, what are the steps I've got to take? Well, I'm going to have to do this many posts and I'm going to have to speak to this many people if I do inquiry calls and I'm going to have to do this and do that, right? Reverse engineering it. And that's probably not going to light you up however that's coming from your conscious mind right it's coming from your logical mind so it's going to make lots of sense and you'll write it down and you'll make it look pretty and you'll put it in a plan you might even put it in your diary so that you know what thing you should be doing every single day um, but kind of not exciting right it and it makes it feel like it's something over there instead of something that you can have right here right now It you have to remember Do you remember when we were all, you know, in the early days of counselling and psychology, learning about the conscious mind and the subconscious mind? And I know we've touched on this before, but for those of you who are new, you know, there's this famous picture of the iceberg and it's got the tip of the iceberg above the waterline and that's used to depict your conscious mind. And that's just 5%, right? And then the other 95% is below the waterline and that's your subconscious mind. So your subconscious mind is responsible for 95% of the results and the outcomes you see in your private practice. So why on earth would we only, you know, give ourselves a five percent chance of getting anything we want in our business when we only rely on that logical conscious mind? So here's the thing. Um The example that this person used that I was reading was ice cream. So she was saying that, you know, she's got a friend and the friend really loves ice cream. And often when they go out together, uh, the friend is like, let's go and look for a new ice cream shop. And so they just go off and they start looking for a new ice cream shop. And she was saying that, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, you don't think about um all the steps that you've got to take to do that. You don't think to yourself, oh gosh, now I've got to go and get my keys. Oh gosh, now I've got to go and, you know, get my handbag. Oh gosh, now I've got to go and open the door and close the door and I've got to walk down my steps and walk over to the car and now I've got to unlock my car and now I've got to sit in the car and close the car door and now I've got to like put my seat belt on and now I've got to like reverse the car out of the driveway and now do you know what I mean you're not thinking that you're just like yep and off you go and here's why it's because when your friend says, Hey, let's go look for an ice cream place, you're already thinking about the flavor of the ice cream that you're going to have. You're already thinking about the taste of it. You're already thinking about what the inside of the ice cream shop's going to look like. You're already thinking about standing in the queue, scanning through the um, plexiglass there for what gelati you're going to have or you know what of the 32 flavors are you going to have and you're already thinking about if it's going to be a waffle cone or if it's going to be a cup right and you're already kind of excited about it and you're energized by it and so just off you go you take this action and the reason that you take the action is because your subconscious mind um, has kicked it into action your subconscious mind is fueled by you know things like the detail the five senses everything you can see touch taste smell hear, right all of those sorts of things and this is the thing when you're thinking about creating success in your private practice you're probably just using that five percent Mind probably just that five percent conscious mind you might be um saying i need a business plan which yes you do (laughs) um but you might be saying oh i need a business plan and i'm just going to be doing these things and ticking them off um but imagine if you were able to access your subconscious mind and it wasn't even a thing and the results just came because you could already taste that ice cream right which is why i call this episode taste the ice cream um but you could already taste it So um, I want you to really think about, you know, if I could already taste the private practice, what would it be? Now, I know that this might feel difficult. So what I've done is if I can read my own writing, because before I did this, before I got ready for our, I was going to say session today, (laughs) before I got ready for our um, podcast today, I wanted to do it myself so that you could hear what it sounds like and what it looks like i'm not saying mine's great or anything but here we go as I said if I pause or anything it's just because I can't read my own writing Um, my handwriting is horrible my mother is an expert with calligraphy she does calligraphy for um, menus for weddings and wedding invitations and you know degrees and posters and um, you know baby showers and all those sorts of things Um, and she's just amazing at it and then (laughs) she sees my writing and she just (laughs) yep she's like oh my gosh how did your teachers ever let you get away with this but anyway uh so this is what i journaled when i asked myself what would it be like if i was tasting the ice cream in my in my business so i said i'd be feeling complete freedom and i'd be doing all kinds of things i'd be back to traveling i'd be going overseas i'd go to bali for a quick holiday i'd get loads of massages i've got mm, something I can't read it <laughs> um I, oh I'd be loving to go to Amsterdam and Hamburg and retrace my family history so my dad is from Amsterdam I've never been there and my paternal grandfather and all my paternal aunts and uncles and everything are from Hamburg and I've never been there so you know it would be amazing because i would have the flexibility i would have the time i would have the income i would have set my business up with really good monthly recurring revenue all those sorts of things would be set up so i could do all these things i could go to amsterdam for six months and still run a successful business i could go to hamburg for the other six months and still run a successful business um i get rid of all my storage costs (laughs) so um when mum and I lived together, I think you know the story, we were, we were going to sell both our houses and um, use the money to go and buy a big piece of land and put build two little houses on it so that I could look after her, um, but she could still have her independence. And then what happened was I sold my house and then she decided she didn't want to sell hers. <laughs> so we live together now. Um, anyway, so I'd be and so yeah then all my whole entire house is still in storage like 2 years later and I'm paying $300 a month for that so I'm like yeah I wouldn't have storage costs <laughs> I could finally finish doing some renovations to this house so I've done loads of renovations to this house but there's still so much more that I want to do to like make it a really nice place for my mum and for me and for Gabe um you know the spa area at the back is still a work in progress I'd love to finish that off I'd love to you know render the house I'd would love to get the gardens uh, landscaped differently, you know, stuff like that. Um, what else? I said, Oh, I'd put great big French doors on my um, bedroom window, so I'd replace my bedroom windows with these great big French doors that would then open out onto the um, paved area in the backyard where I would have a really beautiful um, cane outdoor setting with a glass top and have all these beautiful cane chairs with all these beautiful boho kind of cushions on it everything in sort of whites and greens and stuff like that and I would use that space to go and you know just chill out with Gabe or even I could take my laptop out there and do some work you know run my coaching sessions from out there and just be like really outdoorsy and connected and it would just feel like so great to be in the fresh air um and then i said i would be seeing increased savings in my bank account my savings would be growing every day and that's important to me because it'll give me even more peace of mind and i love peace of mind <laughs> and i will just be loving checking my bank balance every day seeing it increase on the day before and i would be uh sorry i'm just trying to read my writing what else have i said I would stop, I would, I would do less trading time for money with my business. Um, I'd be selling more digital products. And just, oh, and I'd be seeing, what else have I got here? Something I've got just because I wanted them. Yeah. Uh, I said too that I'd be experience, experiencing a real radiance. I would be just, shining just glowing just radiating um joy and high vibe and love and excitement and just passion for life you know what else did i say um Yeah, and I'd be manifesting coaches that weren't necessarily all business related. Like I want some coaching just for fun, right? Just for myself. Like I would love a health coach and I would really love um, a manifesting coach. I think that would be so much fun. And I'd really love a journaling coach and all all the coaching. I would just go for it because I love it so much. I would get myself um, more counseling. I would get myself weekly supervision with my supervisor because I get so much out of our time together and she's just amazing and it really helps me help my clients um differently and show up differently when I speak to her um I would be what else have I got I would be something oh, I'd be dressing for my body instead of hiding it Um, and i feel great because I'd finally know what to wear that suited me and that would give me more confidence and then that would add to the radiance and, you know, this this lifestyle that I really want to have and I would be more – I could something – (laughs) Oh, I could buy even more crystals and cards because I wanted to and I could keep learning and I could keep investing in my education and do courses that lit me up um, because there are so many more courses that I want to do. Like, yeah, people in our groups are talking about so many different um, PD that they're doing at the moment. Some of it sounds so good and I would love to be able to just not have to worry about anything, just be able to go, yeah, I'll enrol in that. And what have I said here? I'd be helping so many people and I'd just be so happy about it. And I'd have success in my business and, oh, and (laughs) I would also use my success in my business to help me finish. um, I really want to put some solar strip lighting around the garden. So I mentioned that (laughs) and I'd have an an ever-increasing um sense of radiance and awesomeness about life and about work and You know what, when I started to think about, because I believe your business is a vehicle for you having the type of lifestyle that you want, I don't believe everything ends a private practice, right? My philosophy is the private practice is something you do because you love it and you love helping people so much and you want to be counselling them and you want to be working with the right people that align with your vibe and all those sorts of things. But at the end of the day, you've got these big shadow values as well and you know, it's those shadow values that live in your subconscious mind that are as responsible for your results in private practice as the bright, shiny ones that we talk about, as you know. And so, um, you know, it's more than your private practice. Like, you know, ask yourself if I had this level of success in my private practice, whatever that looks like for you why is that so important what what do you get like what's different for you what changes in your life when your diary is fully booked what changes in your life when you can pay yourself what changes in your life when you can start to create steady profit in your business what changes for your life when you're loving what you do and you're working from passion and you're working in alignment with your heart and soul and you're not doing some dead-end job that you loathe what changes for you what changes for your family what who are you like who are you when you're so successful that you can have the lifestyle that you really want to have and you can have the peace of mind that you really want to have what changes and you know what in that's the missing key in terms of creating success in your private practice and that's why I wanted to share it with you today because it is so important and I want you to be able to have success and if you can manifest success much more quickly by tapping into that 95% that, that subconscious mind that's 95% responsible for the result that you see It kind of makes sense, right? So what I'd love for you to do is journal on this. You know, if you were tasting the ice cream in your private practice and you don't have to share it with me, like you could hear there, like that was just the reason my writing was so messy was because i was in the bath when i was doing it right um (laughs) my office is the bath in the afternoon (laughs) i go in there and i catch up on i'm in some group coaching programs and um they're done overseas so i never get to attend the live so i've always got to watch the replays. so i sit in the bath and i listen to the replays um but i take my journal in there in case i get inspired and stuff like that so my writing was so messy because I was writing on an angle, so my pen and my book didn't get wet and everything. So I'm sorry for the pauses, but um, you know what I experienced was when I was writing about um, tasting the ice cream in my private practice. I felt the energy shift, and I felt myself get excited, and I felt myself get. Um, yet yeah, motivated and I was like yeah right Um, I'm gonna do this like it's it's there I can taste it and this is the thing when you can taste it it makes it so much easier for you to take the steps and to take the action that you need to take in order to create the things that you want to experience in your business it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And I would love for you to try this exercise yourself. You know, the journal prompt would simply be um, something like if I was tasting the ice cream in my private practice, what what would that be like? You know, what would it be like? And don't judge yourself. Like you heard there, like, of course, I want to help people. And of course, I care about my clients and all that kind of stuff. But there's also this other um, drive that compels you in your private practice to get results. And for me, it's things that you heard there like freedom, 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 freedom. Um, so important to me I'll be interested to know what's important to you too Um, so yeah I just wanted to share that with you because I feel like it's so powerful and if you're someone who you know you're saying oh I had these uh, goals for this financial year and I didn't meet them I want you to try this because you know what you've still got time it's only the third of June you've still got time to set a financial goal for yourself whether that's the number of clients you want to book in, whether that's changing your fees, whether it's preparing to raise a fee, um, do you know what I mean? Whatever it is, you've still got time, right? You've got actually 27 days up your sleeve to hit that goal. But the thing that's going to help you hit that goal is not writing out a SMART goal. That's going to satisfy your 5% logical mind. But you've got a whole other 95% there that's ready, that's going, that's revving her engine, that's ready to go. You've just got to feed it some juice. And the juice is going to be tasting the ice cream. I oh, know, it's so cool, right? I love it so much. I love it so much. All right, well, I will let you go. I hope that you have a really great Saturday. I don't know what I'm going to do. I did take Gabe Gabe for a little drive down to Hastings yesterday. So Hastings is my old haunt where I used to live. So we went down to – there's a little marina and a jetty there. and We um, sat down and – Well, we tried to sit down (laughs) and we looked at the pelicans for a few minutes and then we turned around and we came home. (laughs) But it was nice to just have some quality time with him. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to do today. I'm thinking I might like to go for a little drive maybe down to Sorrento. Um, Sorrento is a a little beach area down here. It's probably, I don't know, honestly, maybe nearly an hour away from me. Um, It's a lovely drive and when you get down there, I get um, really lovely food, usually a chicken wrap or something like that from a lovely deli and then go and sit down by the back beach and just eat it and just watch the waves and just it's just nice, it's just really nice. So I don't know, maybe I'll do that a little bit later. What are you up to? Um, I hope that you have a wonderful weekend, whatever it is and thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast. Bye for now. I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. To get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter, and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.